The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Federal Football Report on 1500 AM. That's Federal News Network. And anywhere where you get your fine podcasts and all your digital platforms, he's Kevin Stanford. I'm Claude Jennings. This is the official post-draft show. Uh, and so, Kevin, um, you know, uh, the draft came and gone. A couple of things I noticed about the draft before we uh, talk about the commanders um, in, in their draft. Is, the, is, is number one, um, it seemed to me like the picks were in much more quick than normal uh, in this draft. Picks were in, I mean, from usually right around the third, fourth, fifth round, you get picks that are that are in quickly. But the first round, teams were kind of decisive, made up their mind. And then number two, there were a ton of trades in the first few, uh, in the first round and the second round. Um, and those were the two things really that stood out to me more than anything else. My theory was they were in Vegas, so they were trying to hurry up and finish what they were doing <laughs> thing so they could hit the streets. All right, all right, give me the pick, give me the pick. Come on, come on, gotta go, gotta go. Party waiting, party waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, unfortunately, it's become such a spectacle, man. All the hoopla and the bells and the whistles. There's no meat to the draft now. You know, I know I'm starting to sound old, but when the draft was on Saturday morning and, uh, and you know, they go through the rounds like that, they just have, you know, they just go get the pick and melt and uh, somebody else was sitting at the desk, you know, show a couple of clips. That was cool because I could go cut grass, come back, you know, and there's still yeah. stuff happening, right? They had to crawl on the bottom to say who got drafted. But now it's just so hard to follow, man. It's like, you know, if I step away for a minute, I don't know what happened. There's, there's no crawl. There's just so much stuff happening, so many bells and whistles. They want to show how ridiculous the fans look. Speaking of which, we'll jump back to it. The, the, the non-committal image of the fans when when the commanders picked Jahan Dodson, it was like, they said, okay. <laughs> there was no booze, there was no cheers, it was just, yeah. and it goes just, so, you know, the fact that nobody saw him play. The people who claim they know football in this town don't know it. They just mm-hmm. don't know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to jump into uh, the commanders pick in a second, but before we go draft, uh, um, let's talk a little bit about your thoughts pre-draft some of the biggest needs that you saw um, or where would you have liked to see them go first round pick? Well, I'm, I'm one of the guys and it used to be a debate whether you should uh, draft for need or, or draft the best player available. I'm firmly in the camp that you should draft the best football player available, not the best athlete, not the fastest guy, but the best football player available because that's a guaranteed improvement on your team. That, that's if he's the best player of all these players being drafted. And and of course it decreases as as you you know as your draft position uh decreases. But that's that's an automatic that's an automatic win. It's a no lose situation as opposed to drafting for need because quite frankly they need everything. There, there's right, there's right. 
Uh, they need safety. They need corner. They need linebacker. They allegedly don't need defensive linemen until they let two of their proven commodities walk in uh, Ioannidis and Settle. Um, they need offensive linemen. They need running back. They need quarterback. I mean, what don't they need? So that's why I felt like they should have, have uh, um, uh, gone to a best athlete. Having said all that, um, I thought it was important that they did do what they did, did and trade down to gain mm-hmm. a couple of draft picks. So yeah. I thought that was good. Um, um, so they, they broke even. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And it's interesting because, you know, unless your team, you know, and each team needs multiple positions. I mean, no matter who you are. I mean, unless, unless so, you know, obviously if you're Green Bay, you don't need a quarterback, you know, at least not next year, right? Uh, if you're, you know, if you're in San Diego, you don't need a quarterback. But, you know, unless you've got, you know, uh, but very few, very few teams have that kind of solid um, starter at that position and couldn't mm. use a little competition or someone at least to back up the guy in case the other guy doesn't work out. Uh, same thing, like, if, unless you've got a proven bona fide number one one and number two receiver, you need a receiver. And unless you've got, you know, a running back or or two who, you know, you know, can run the ball, you need a back. So every team's in that position. And you changed my mind on this because I was a needs person Mm -hmm. until hearing you, you know, year after year after year say, nope, get the best player, get the best player. Because who makes the most impacts the, the year after the most impact the year after the draft? The best players, the best players. So, <laughs> so get the best player, and so and so and so. Yeah, I mean, um, you changed my mind on that. So let's talk about the um, uh, Jahan Davis, the first round pick of the Commanders. Um, uh, number one, I was slightly shocked that they went in the direction of wide receiver, but hmm. the player himself, I couldn't have thought of a better fit for what the offense in general needed. Um. Running back, sure, but I didn't see any backs in this draft that you could say we should take, especially with running backs not even really being a position now that you would take a first round, uh, you would take in the first round, unless they're like an outstanding talent. But there weren't any of those in this draft. And so this position here, and and maybe if they were like a real big time standout tight end, but this position here, a number two receiver um, who can play underneath, who can make things happen when he gets the ball, um, you know, I was really like after thinking about it and 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 and, and, and um, you know just catching up on on his work at Penn State, I was like, you know what, Davis isn't a bad pick. Hey, you know, and you know, interesting too. Um, if you can play, there's no such thing as the number one, or the number two receiver because you look at the Rams. It was whoever was hot at a particular time, whether it was a uh, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper. Cup, uh, uh, Beckham, you know, they, they, they found a way to get whoever was open the ball, right. You know, and they found a way to win with that. So I'm hoping that that philosophy is so stick around here. Uh, it, it, the thing that, 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 that interests me though, is why this particular receiver, I mean, cause they had a chance. They could have, uh, drafted, uh, Olav, uh, they, you know, oh, they yeah, Ohio to, State. Yeah, yeah they, maybe Drake, London, and but but um, they claimed that they had their eyes on him because he fit what they were trying to do. I I don't know. You know, I I don't see that. If the guy can play, he could play. If he's a he's a, a short speed burner, or if he's the big quote possession receiver like a Des Bryant unquote. If you can play, you can make you can move other people around, right? You know, mm-hmm. Jeremy McLaurin would be awesome in the slot. You know, he doesn't have to be outside. He he'd be um he'd be a, a matchup nightmare for teams. So so they they I don't know if it was Finn when they kept saying, well this is the guy we wanted because he fit he 
he feels our needs immediately or he can fit right in immediately or or they really believe that. So it's, it's going to be one of those things. It's, it's I, I sort of feel like the fans felt, uh, yes, they made a pick. I'm not upset about <laughs> it. <laughs> just got to wait and see, you know, just wait and see, you know. <laughs> I know I don't want to dominate the mic, but <clears throat> it's like this, man. It's, if you can cook and you're making a cake and you put your ingredients in, you pretty much know what's going to happen when the cake is, is baked, when it comes out. You know it's going to be good, it's going to taste good and all that. But if you're uncertain about one of the ingredients, you're just going to have to wait and see what happens, how it affects your cake, right? You know, you know. Or if you don't know how to cook, <laughs> you have to wait and see. And that's exactly where we are right now. We're in the wait and see thing because of the cooks and the ingredients. And 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 by the way, not even just with this first round pick. I mean, even with Carson Wentz, yeah. like it's been you know it's been several years since he's you know shown the ability to be. A trusted starting quarterback in the league and so you know whether this team believes that they can either put him in a position to do it or whether they believe that it's in him he's just not in environments that allow him to flourish or whether whatever it is they believe he can do it or at least that or at least he's good enough to get in the mix to see what's you know to see if he can um you know maybe uh, and whether they say he's going to be started day one but whether or not he's good enough to keep the job well we'll see um but health has always been an issue too but like you said he's another position where it's just okay we're going to have to kind of wait and see how the whole thing turns out with him now for more on our first round pick uh kevin stanfield who goes to no end to uh, make sure that we get the best information available on this show. He had a chance uh, to catch up with um, uh, uh, with our, our good buddy, Julius Ziegler, who is a Penn State alum. And the knows all the Penn State alum. The, the <laughs> Penn State alum. And she hooked us up with Matt. Um, and what Matt's last name, uh, Kevin? Lighting. Is, uh, Lighting. Matt Lighting. Lighting. And, mm -hmm. and he he's a Penn State guy uh, uh, from the DMZ, and he's going to shed some light on uh, this number one draft pick as he watched him his college career. All right, here's our interview with Matt. Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Federal Football Report, we have a, a rare treat for you. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people talk sports in this in this area in particular, but it's rare that you find somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, right? <laughs> and you know, with, with uh, first of all, let me say that, um, Julius Ziegler is one of the great people we've known in this industry for a long, long time, and we, uh, Die-hard Penn State fan, so we figured uh, we'd ask her about our number one uh, draft pick, Johan Dotson. She said, "I got just a guy for you." <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce uh, Matt Leidig, who is our resident Penn State expert and uh, 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 in versed or conversant rather on all things Johan Dotson. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. All right, cool. No, okay, so uh, you know, with the draft being what it is today, uh, Jahan Dotson, half the fans thumbs up, half the fans thumbs down. In my opinion, I'd say ninety percent of the Washington fans have not seen him play. So, right, yeah. first of all, <laughs> tell us what did how would you, how describe your feelings when you heard that Washington had drafted John Dotson. Uh, well, uh, first off, the player is amazing. I mean, I love the guy who works his tail off, uh, super, super productive, kind of exactly what they need in terms of the playmaker. Uh, you, you hear Bron talk leading up to the draft the whole time, and, and he wanted to be able to help his quarterback the whole time. So uh, great guy um, to, to help fill that role, I think. Um, I, I think everybody, you know, anybody that was down on it, either A, like you said, haven't seen him play, 
uh, or, or B, it was more sort of a value comment, you know, oh, should they have picked him at 16 or could they have gotten him a little bit later? Um, and that's, you know, that's sort of beauty in the eye of the beholder. But um, I, I think he fills a need both as your sort of number two wide out, but also he's going to be able to return punts, elusive, fast, great hands. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw the one-handers against Ohio State that he had. Um, he, he's, he's a beast. He's a hell of a player. Absolutely. And I got a chance to see him, unlike most of the people who are sitting here dogging the pick. I didn't get, I got a chance to see him live and in person uh, playing against the University of Maryland. And the thing that I, said that, that I think love about him is the fact that he can he can make things happen after the catch, you know, and, and that's so important. Where and, and you look at the way he would complement the weapons you already have on offense. You've got Terry McLaurin, who you already know what you're getting in there. And now you've got a guy who can work underneath, who can work the short game, especially in, in, a, in coming off of a season where we saw the value of a deep. Samuel, a wide receiver that can make those short things, uh, can make short catches turn into long games because they can make things happen after they get their hands on the ball and even maybe even work in the backfield a little bit. Um, talk a little bit about his value, you know, like after the catch, that gritty kind of receiver that can make things happen. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy is super elusive. I mean, like you said, any of the local Maryland fans should know what they're getting. He put up <laughs> 242 yards in that game. Um, yes, he knows what to do when the he, ball is in his hands, people. We no saw doubt, it. no doubt. And, I mean, I think he ran like a 4-4 something at the at the combine. He was expected to go even a little bit faster. He, he's got wiggles. He can get released off the line. Uh, you just get the ball in his hands and he can make plays. And uh, the other thing, if, if you watch – a Penn State game, you're going to notice his quarterback wasn't the most accurate quarterback uh, <laughs> in, in all of college football. So, you know, you hear a lot about catch radius. I, I, I think uh, he, he's going to be Carson Wentz's uh, best friend because he'll, he'll be able to bring most of the stuff down. Um, and, and if you get him the ball in even a little bit of space, I mean, he, he can break a play, as, as Maryland fans know. <laughs> so interesting. Right. So you're talking about a guy – <laughs> yeah, poor Maryland. You're talking about a guy that um, was the star of, of, of the Penn State offense. So everyone on the defense knew who was getting the ball, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't have a ton. I mean, we, we had some great players, but, um, you know, the, the quarterback definitely focused on, on Jahan. So, yeah, whole, whole defense was, was there, and yet he was still putting up. I mean, he had over 1,000 yards, something 80-some-odd catches last year. Uh, could have easily been more had uh, been some more accuracy there. But, uh, yeah, every defensive game plan was centered on him. And, and he played well in big games. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, he put up numbers. Um, so he, he's, he'll, he'll produce for it. Nice. And, you know, um, Kevin will bring it back to, to, to the commanders, but um, one thing that I've always noticed about Penn State, and, and, and I love Penn State and, and, and semi-bitter um, towards Maryland about this, is that Penn State knows how to come to the DMV and, and get some talent and get some players up there. There's a couple of players who I know played local ball here, even growing up with um, playing in, in, uh, uh, in the uh, Little League with like Columbia Ravens and stuff like that. Um, uh, what's Penn State looking like this year? What, what do you got? What, what's, what's the season looking like for you guys here in the Big Ten? Yeah, I, look, I'm really excited. I'm always optimistic on, on day one. Um, the same quarterback's back for his sixth year, uh, and it's really all going to be incumbent there. Um, the nice thing is we got our offensive coordinator for the second year in a row, so that's we, – we, I think, switched three years in a row. So it, it'll all be incumbent on the quarterback play. Uh, O-line should be a little better. We got a lot of skill still. Uh, defense is going to fly around. You know, got a lot of athletes. I think we had eight guys drafted this year, but, you know, we're sort of backfilling there. But – 
I don't know. It's been it's been a tough two years after uh, Franklin had them, you know, in New Year's New Year's Day bowls three years in a row, eleven wins, three out of four years, I think it was, and, and we've kind of been five hundred the last two years. So, uh, pretty pretty big season. I think we've got, you know, you look at the recruiting stuff. We we've got a talented team. They just got to produce. Mm-hmm. So they just brought in a top five recruiting class again this past year. A lot of those guys will will, will play early, um, and, and you know, just hopefully uh, put it all together. Cool. Well, the one thing I've always admired about Penn State football is it's football. It's not, <laughs> you're not going to see a circus. There's not a lot of trickeration and, and, you know, eight wide outs and no linemen and stuff. You, you know what you're going to get. So I'm excited about Dotson coming to town. Now, uh, hey, look, I know I'm a, a football uh, professional and all, but I haven't seen Dotson play except the highlights against Maryland. That was enough for me. Who would you, who would you compare him to in the league today? Today, it's tough. I don't know. You know who he reminds me a little bit of, and, and this could be completely wrong, but the former Redskin actually, Santana Moss, um, in, in terms of the small guy, elusive guy, the fast guy, can can go up and make catches that are contested. Um, I, I heard Steve Smith. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see that as much. I, I think. I think he he reminds me a lot of Santana though, who's you know still around the team, of course. And, and so I don't know. It'd be interesting to. Just to see what he does, but man, if we can get production like like Tana did for us back in the day, um, yeah, be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and 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 what you'll find here in in the last parts of our interview is Kevin and I going back and forth. I love college football. I'm good. I'm good with the pro stuff, but you know, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> was one thing is that I'm always explaining to my son, he's nine, um, and to my wife who comes to the game simply because our, me and my son we're there. Um, is how different, <laughs> like. The, the experience at University of Maryland is versus an actual college campus that cares about football. <laughs> and so, because I mean, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been to Clemson, I've been to Ohio State, you know, I haven't been up to Penn State yet. Hope to get there maybe this season. I'll come up, talk a little bit about the pregame rituals. I mean, you talked about, you know, our buddy Julie is your is your game buddy, you know, for the last yeah. ten years or so. Talk about the game, the game day experience from tailgating up there at Penn State, and then the whiteout. Talk about all that. Oh man, it, it is amazing. You, you got to come with us. We got to, you know, hop in the hop in the car. We'll uh, we'll carpool. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it's great, man. We we get up there pretty early. We try to leave as early as we can. Um, we have we have a place up there that's sort of walkable to the stadium. So we sort of load up whatever we're bringing to a particular tailgate. And I mean, everybody's just you know so welcoming. You're literally walking through tailgates to go where you're going. And you know, you want a beer, you want a hot dog. <laughs> Last year, I brought my my six year old. He was like, it's so hot. Bad. So Julie went and found us a couple of waters on the way. Nice. <laughs> you know, the tailgates are great. Everybody's just having a good time. And then the whiteout, man, there's nothing like it. I mean, just it, it is so exciting. The from I mean, it was whatever it was, two, three years ago where we played Michigan in a whiteout, and we got a delay a game before they even snapped the ball. It was, it was amazing. Um, and just, I remember the first, it was 2005 and we couldn't quite figure out if we were back yet or not. Um, and we were, I think it was four and and Ohio state was coming to town and they were highly ranked and we were highly ranked. And that was, you go back and you want to look at the history of the whiteout. That's where it just really, it, 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 it got started. And and we we sat, I think it was Tom Bahali, Sacks, Troy Smith, Bumble, seals the game. I've never heard a louder state. I mean, the wow. thing just rocks. Um it, it, it is it, it, if you can, man, everybody, that should be a bucket list for any college football fan. Sure, sure. Yeah. So Matt, how, how are you gonna feel like um 
12 years from now when your your son signs with Ohio State as a quarterback? Is, is that <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but talk to my son right now, and, and he's, he's deciding whether or not he's going to be a Penn State football player or a Penn State basketball player. So oh. he's, you know, we're, we, we got him started. So Okay, good, good, good. Glad but, to hear and, it. And, and then he wants to be a commander's quarterback as well after that. So, you know. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's a commuter. We need one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me take that back. I don't know what we got because I remember what Carson Wentz did to us, us his rookie year. So it's yeah. in there somewhere. So no <laughs> we'll, no we'll, we'll well, find out. Got, we got Sam Howell in the fifth. I mean, shoot, who knows? <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, I hope the man's not afraid of competition, right? So. You know what? If any pro athlete is afraid of competition, he's in the wrong profession. That, he should be a, right. a dentist, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. right. Well, look, man, we appreciate your time. We, I know, like, you know, this wasn't a uh, uh, money-making endeavor for you. and <laughs> So we appreciate you taking it. But next time, we have to do this again, man. This was a lot of fun. And, and we appreciate you coming on with us on short notice and giving us real information man you know so much speculation going on and 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 you know this fake fake football news as we call it right but we appreciate it matt for giving us a real deal no i appreciate you guys having me it's a lot of fun thanks as good as advertised ladies and gentlemen yes. matt lightick yes. we're always just trying to get you the best information we can get you here on the federal football report so hopefully that made people feel uh better or at least that you know the pick, our number one pick um uh, a little bit better than you did before kevin it's so refreshing man to actually have to, to talk to somebody who's seen the kid play right and it was not just going off a bunch of of, of uh twitter speculation and mm -hmm. and, and, and talking and, points things you things you heard mel kuyper say you repeated yes. now you think you sound like you know exactly what you're talking about Yes, yes. And, he, and that was realistic. You know, he was talking about the, the level of play of, of Penn State, the level of play of the quarterback. And I think it's a very valid point, you know, with, with the team being like not as good as, as years past and everyone on the opposing team knowing who was going to get the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, they still threw the dots and they still caught it. And he still made things happen. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an important thing. That's an important thing. All right, Kevin, so as we head into the season, um, or at least into, um, you know, off-season workouts and rookie mini camps and all these other kind of things as we're making our way through May, um, what are some of the things you're looking out for? What are some of the things you're watching uh, with the, when it comes to the team? I, I guess the key thing is with me is injuries, right? You know, we saw what a... Um, uh, I don't want to, if you call it the Curtis Samuel signing a fiasco just yet, but, but it seems like so much of the, of, of their hopes as to what the team was going to be, uh, that, that apparently why they weren't in the, in the market to, to, uh, to, um, you know, reach out for the quarterback with it when they went to the Fitz Magic route because they thought that they had so many weapons that you could get a, a trained armadillo back there, a quarterback. And then, <laughs> but the, but the weapons uh, got hurt. Right. And, um, you know, so that's what I'm going to look for. How how have their training methods maybe train uh, different than the off season? How um, how are guys doing? What kind of shape are guys in? If you see a lot of hamstrings early, I, I, I'm I'm not going to be happy because <laughs> <laughs> that shows that they're pushing the guys too hard, too fast, or the off season isn't preparing the guys. So that's that's what I'm looking for right now: injuries. And the second thing is competition. I don't want guys to just be comfortable thinking they got a spot. I want them if if um, if Wentz isn't uh, 
getting the job done and and the rookie much like the situation in seattle where mm-hmm. um russell wilson took the job but what was the kid's name his name was matt too wasn't it, it came matt flynn came out of yeah. green bay, oh, green bay. Yeah. right he had the had the six touchdown money night game signed for a billion dollars in seattle yeah. and got beat yeah. out by russell wilson <laughs> that took a lot of courage on Pete carroll's part you yeah. know, they say, hey, look, I know we pay this guy a lot of money. This guy is winning. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see some competition, right? I'd like to see few injuries and some competition. Let's see what we got. It's it's the Doc Walker thing. Our buddy Doc Walker always talks about it when, you know, when he says nobody's job is safe. Not on this team. Right. You didn't make, you didn't make <laughs> the play. Explain why anyone's job should be like they did not make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. The defense was supposed to be the defense was supposed to be great. One of the worst defensive displays in some of these games I've ever seen in my life. They're supposed to be guys who were supposed to have 18 sack seasons. I didn't see it. Even when healthy, it wasn't right, there. Right. So competition at every position. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming to camp. Tom Brady's not coming to camp. We, who, you know, uh, uh, C.D. Lamb's not here. Whose job is safe? Terry, Terry McLaurin's job is safe, but not because we just take it for granted, but his job is safe because he's better than everyone else. <laughs> he's going to prove it on, he's going to prove it on the practice field. So stop with the, with this, with this, you know, this guy's, you know, QB one, no one's QB one QB at the, the, the way this position is right now, QB one should be decided in August sometime because yes. when you Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, I'm sorry. What, two years ago, two years ago in the playoffs, Carson Wentz almost beat Tom Brady. Oh, no, that wasn't Carson Wentz. That was Heineke. <laughs> so, so where was Wentz when Heineke was doing that? So stop it with the whole Wentz should be QB1. We don't know. Get them on the field. Get them in practice. Let's go to some game situations. Because what we do know is two years ago, Heineke – almost upset the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And last year with one game in the season and all you had to do in Indianapolis was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars Carson Wentz and you're in the playoffs and he laid an egg. They lost. They lost the game and couldn't get in. So this whole thing he's, and, and my thing is, if I have a GM or a coaching staff who looks at that and, and has the audacity to say, he's our number one quarterback, I am now questioning, like, <laughs> why? What has he done to earn a hands-down, here's our guy? He hasn't done anything to earn that. Nothing. He hasn't done anything to earn it. Nothing, not a thing, not a thing. It's, it's, it, uh, I know it's a new day and age, the new NFL <laughs> and all that, but, you know, no, they, you pay the players to, to, to play. It's not like Little League when the parents say, I want my son, I paid for my son to play. I want him to play too. I don't care if he's not as good. I want him to play too just for the yeah. experience, right? Yeah. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. We don't no, care about Wiz's feelings. We don't care about uh, how much we paid him. We want mm-hmm. the best team. We want to feel the best team. We want the best players on the field. The most players on the field. And you know what? And what happens a lot of times in these little leagues is, you know, um, while the parents are screaming, put Johnny in, put Johnny in. I don't care about whether he's not the best quarterback, put Johnny in. You know who don't want to go in and play quarterback? Johnny. <laughs> Johnny knows that the other guy's better than me. We have a better chance of winning if he's in the game and I'm, right. and I'm doing something else. I'm blocking or I'm running. Or I'm, you know, or I'm trying to tackle the other guy. Johnny knows. Johnny's like, why, why, Dad? Don't scream and put me, Mom. Stop. He should be playing, not me. And so, stop with all that. Just it's stop. amazing, man. It's amazing. On a side note, speaking of competition, my uh, uh, darling granddaughter is into competitive cheerleading at, at the tender age of of five, and 
that's a very competitive thing, but the parents is the parents and the teams who are the most competitive. They the kids, they like to do their thing and then they like to watch all the other teams, right? They right. Don't, they're not rooting against the other team, right? <laughs> they didn't see everybody, right? You know, the things all pretty, lights are shiny and stuff, right? So, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's but that's not where we are as a team. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed yeah, to be right. best man as a player. You're supposed to help your team. If he can't, next man up. Don't wait for him to get hurt, right? Uh, the only reason Heineke played last year, we would have gone through half a season. They would never have benched Fitzpatrick for Heineke, no matter no, how no. how bad Fitzpatrick was, and he was not good early in the season. Yeah. Yeah, and which yeah. which makes me wonder, you know, the same analogy with the cook. If you knew the ingredient wasn't any good, why did you go? <laughs> you know why? We said it so many times. You know what you got in fist ma- yeah. magic. You know what you got. Why don't you want more? Okay, well, so and, and here's the thing. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a Cowboys fan who grew up in D.C. Imagine that a, a, a guy who grew up in it's D.C. Hard to believe, man. It's hard to believe. Weird. This is weird. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I was talking to him and, and about the Cowboys draft. And he says, I refuse to take the Cowboys seriously as long as Cooper Rush is QB2. Why is he the backup quarterback? He's like, he's like, Jerry Jones has this allegiance to certain players. And now you're lucky if the player is good. But when the player can't play like Cooper Rush, he still has this loyalty. To, to It's like it's a pride thing. And he's like, I cannot take them seriously until Cooper Rush is no longer Dak's backup. You got to get a bona fide backup in there who can play just in case your quarterback gets hurt. And if it's Cooper Rush, I refuse to take him seriously because the mindset there in the organization has yeah. not changed. And it was just an interesting thing to think about. But like, yeah, you're actually absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, because at least with Heine- Patrick Heineke Wentz, you've seen all these guys perform decently well at some point in time in the NFL. Cooper Rush won a game against Minnesota because Minnesota stinks. And, and and Amari Cooper, you know, who had to catch the ball on the back of a defender and on the guy's helmet, you know, saved you on a fourth down, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so at least that quarterback situation from a depth chart standpoint yeah, seems yeah. to be better than here, better than there, I guess. Right. But, right, but it, right. Gets to, it gets to those mindsets. Speaking of cheerleading competitions, you're right. Um, my goddaughter, Jasmine, cheers as well and travels all over the place. It's, mm. it's ridiculously uh, competitive. The parents are nut jobs. And, mm. um, and, 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 and the little girls love to have fun. And I'm telling you, I've, I've met your goddaughter a couple uh, once, and I've seen her on Facebook because your family shares everything that she does. And she's got <laughs> all the personality you need to be a cheerleader. Oh, my gosh. I bet she has a, I, I bet she has a good time. Yes, yes, she enjoys it. Every time she hits uh, the um, uh, our living room, she doesn't just walk in. She has to do a cartwheel when she comes in the house. <laughs> <laughs> she does it herself. You know, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, real quick, before we uh, I mean, we still got, real, let's touch on uh, the other draft picks. So I got a question to ask you. Uh, the second round, they went with a defensive tackle for Darian Mathis from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then in the third round, they went with Brian Robinson, running back from Alabama. Yep. What is going on? <laughs> Why? I like, I like them both. I like them both. I, I like them both, but don't they go to other schools, right? The Ole Miss, Georgia? No, what? no. Because number one, number one, the best conference, the best conference in yeah. college football is the SEC. The best team in the SEC is Alabama. You've had so much luck with Alabama draft picks. If those players are good and they're from Alabama, you know they're tough. You know they know what you know they know how to play football. Um, uh, you know that they're passionate about it, and you know they're the best of the best. Again, h- here's what happens: little league, everybody plays. Then we grow up and go to high school. The best in the community plays, 
Then we go to college, the best in the high school play. Then we get to the league, the best from the collegiate level, make it there for the most part. And the best from the collegiate level usually find their way to Alabama somewhere. And no disrespect to LSU and Ohio State, all the USC, Texas. Listen, if my son Manny grows up and plays at any of those schools and and plays football or even golf or whatever he does, I would be so proud because he made it to the elite level of amateur football. But it's different in Alabama. It's different. The boys that listen, the guys that are there and are freshmen are sitting for two years knowing that they won't hit the field to their juniors and they come in and they make a huge impact and they're willing to do that because they yeah. know the, the what the Crimson Tide's about. When they can go to Maryland and they can go to Virginia and they can go to Texas Tech and start, but they'd rather sit at Alabama for two mm. years because Alabama... And so sitting at Alabama for two years, it seems like it's better for your career than even going to, you know, a University of Virginia uh, no offense, Byron Kerr, uh, our buddy, who, <laughs> uh, our buddy there, uh, Federal News Network, um, sports reporter, uh, sports anchor and reporter here in D.C. Um, uh, then going there and starting four years, you're better off being in Alabama, getting that coaching, getting that training, getting that practice time against, you know, against uh, the best athletes and football players in the country. And then you play for a year, two years, you get drafted and you're good. Yeah, well, I guess it's good they got some coaching there because I don't know what's going to happen once they get here. Well, I mean, that, uh, the, the, the pick of uh, um, uh, Mathis that sort of, like I said we, earlier, that, that sort of filled the need that they, they had to sort of go that way because of uh, Ioannidis and Settle. Um, uh, and uh, running back position, you can never have to make a good running back. So no matter how much they try to devalue the position, if you got a good running back, you got a good team, right? You know, right. hopefully, you know, he gets enough carries or they use him well, or, you know, maybe they won't have him in shotgun on fourth and one and then it gets down and dirty. But 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 here's what I want to ask you this, you know, and, and not really concluding because I want to know what you feel about this. I don't think it was really a stretch to get uh, Howell in, in the fifth round. You know, it wasn't a steal, but it wasn't a stretch. I think it was a good, solid pick. Absolutely, because because here because here's the question that you got to ask yourself: Well, who else were you going to get? You know, what, <laughs> other, what other position you wanted to fill with a fifth round pick? That if you didn't take this, so suppose there's a linebacker or a safety out there, and you're like, and let's let's just call him, you know, let's call him Carl Davis, because you know, I'm just putting it. Uh, we got a guy Carl Davis from Tulane who plays safety. We really think he's good. Or should we go Sam Howell? You you, you know, you don't have the answer at quarterback. You know you don't have the answer at quarterback on the roster right now. Um, you know that 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 Sam Howe played very well two seasons ago at North Carolina. As a matter of fact, I believe he came into last year as 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 one of the names that was talked about as far as Heisman. That was one of the names talked about as far as top quarterback in the league. But he lost a lot of guys there at Carolina the year before. Yeah. And so he was yeah. coming back with not a full deck, didn't have a whole lot of weapons. That's one of the reasons why I thought Josh Allen, when he was drafted from Wyoming, um, was going to be really, really good in the league because he was getting the ball where it needs to be and his receivers got no separation. And same thing for Sam Howe. When he's in there in North Carolina, doesn't have a ton of athletes at the skill positions and was able to get them the ball despite not having separation in a weak ACC. And so my thing is, okay, like you said, not a bad pick. No, not a bad pick at all. Who was? We're in the fifth round. If you're going to take a chance, take a chance here and take a chance at a position where you where where you where where the risk reward is large. Where it's like yeah. if if this is the good pick, wow, we got him in the fifth. 
um, uh, that that rookie contract is going to be favorable to the team, uh, which means and the reason the rookie contract being favorable is great is because if the rookie contract is favorable. That means the second contract is going to be more favorable than if the first one was less favorable. If that makes any sense. Right. And, oh, so, yeah. and so it's leverage, leverage for the second contract, and he's looking good. Like and, and so and 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 he and he could play. And the added benefit is there's also no pressure for him to play right away. If you were to say, okay, Fitzpatrick, we're done. Heineke, we're done. We're going to go with Wentz and how? Okay. And suppose Wentz fails, and this going to be if Wentz fails, you still will have a year and a half where you could trot Howell out there, and nobody will be upset, unless right. he plays like me. Uh, then, <laughs> then yeah. so you know, well, for the most part, if he's functional, he's young, he's a developmental thing. Wentz is a bum, and so you'll be, you'll still be okay. Well, here's the thing about a quarterback. You can tell right away if, if they can play or not. <laughs> you can tell right away. And, and, and it's in the preseason because they get a lot of snaps in the preseason. And the, and the snaps are, are with the second, third, fourth, and practice squad type guys, right? Mm -hmm. This is the move, of course, of, you know, he wasn't available last year. But this type of move is what I thought they should have done last year. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't have to invest a lot of capital. They had a Heineke who could obviously play the game. No, he wasn't an all-star, but the moment was not too big for him. If you were yeah. just coming off the street and playing the playoffs, you mm -hmm. can handle going to Jacksonville unless you, Carson Wentz, uh, nothing personal. <laughs> uh, you can handle uh, a game in Jacksonville in October, right? You know, so, yeah. um, you know, you know and, and Carson, you know, if, you, if you're listening, I just speak. Truth. We're not just not against you as a man or a human being. We're talking about one game, one moment in time. Same thing with the, with the, with the, with the rookie quarterback. If he comes in his first preseason game and plays well, you really don't know anything. But if he comes in and plays badly, you know everything you need to know that's right that's right well, see, and here's the thing it's like you know it, it gets to your point about last year and we said this before on the show you know i feel like you can't you can't bring you couldn't have brought heineke back and also signed fitzpatrick to be your starter like you you would have to do one or the other to be serious right. about moving forward with the quarterback position and this team decided to do both which is like <laughs> so you mean to tell me you're going to be uh, you're going to be indecisive moving into the seat because that's that's literally what that meant. We're going to bring Fitzpatrick in, uh, you know, uh, the the veteran who's really really smart and we've seen him play great. We've seen him play bad too, but we know what we're getting. And as you said, if you've seen him and you know what you're getting, why do you still want it? Because he hasn't won anything. Like I don't. But anyway, but we know what we're getting, and we're going to let Heineke go because even though he brought, he, even though he, he you know he, he we caught lightning in a bottle, he played very well. We don't think it's sustainable. We we see things that you guys don't see. We've got somewhere else we want to go. Okay, I'm cool. Make make the decision. You made the decision. Or we've got Heineke. We're going with this guy. There's a lot of pizzazz behind him. We're with it, and we're either going to bring in a veteran quarterback, um, you know, uh, 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 similar to what Dallas did with Andy Dalton. We're going to bring in a veteran quarterback to be his backup just in case things go off the rails. Or we're going to draft a guy to learn behind him, and we want to ride it out with Heineke. And that's going to be the plan. But to bring both Fitzpatrick and Hannigan together just shows that you're indecisive as what you want to do with quarterback in the future of the, of the team. You don't know well, what you want to do. You don't yeah. know. You're working with a committee here. You got two general managers and a coach who 
who is the boss of both of them, which is really convoluted to me. So it's it's, uh, it's that situation with the cake again, man. We're going to see what happens when they come out the oven, right? Because right now all we got is batter. <laughs> right? you can, yeah, for sure. You can't just buy the batter, you know. Um, and, you know, we, we're going to have to actually get Rodney on to discuss, like, the league and the draft and how the Giants did or did not do. And and it was, some str- it was a strange draft, a strange what? couple of days in the what? draft because of all the movement and and, and, and free agency. It's just, it, it, you know, good thing we got a few weeks to talk about it before they actually start hitting. But, uh, yeah, we definitely get Rodney on and, and, and talk about it. Um, uh, you know, rounding off what else they did in the draft. In the fifth round, they got Cole Turner, a tight end from Nevada, which – you know, hey, we'll we'll see. He played in Nevada. It's hot out there. You know, he won't. <laughs> you know, he played uh, college football. That's good. He played college football. All of them and, and the joke of the week, of course, uh, not the player, but uh, in the seventh round, they got from Tulsa, uh, Chris Paul, the guard. Right? He, he might be a tackle, but if his name is Chris Paul, you got to play guard. That's that's yeah, all it is. Yeah, basically. So, yeah. yeah. And rounded it out with uh, cornerback Christian Holmes from Oklahoma State. And yes, they need corners. They need to play. They need to put them in positions to play. Um, it's so weird. They, I don't understand that that cornerbacks cornerbacks specialize in either playing man or zone when it's all football. If you can play cornerback, you should be able to play man or zone. <laughs> that should be the guy that you have playing. I don't yeah, care yeah. if if one man is better at playing man. And one guy is better at playing zone. I would pay the guy who, who could do both. <laughs> well, <laughs> who could do both. And that gets down to your mindset, and that gets down to who's who's picking these draft picks and personnel and stuff. I'm right with you. Like, I don't want to choose between someone who can play man and someone who can play zone. I want to. I want someone who can do both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that way we don't have to switch schemes or pick schemes totally based on one player. So if that guy gets hurt, oh, well, I don't know if we can play man anymore because our man corner is oh, like, <laughs> like what, what are you doing? And so yeah. you, know, you get a guy, because by the way, I just, I just don't remember being on, um, you know, the field as a kid and us deciding, okay, well, we're going to play man today. No, you just you just check who you had to check, and that's what and that's what, and that's what we did. And I don't know why it's it's like it's like you said we get so sophisticated that we get stupid. Like like I don't know where in growing up in football all of a sudden we lose this ability. Like if you're a cornerback, whether you have to play zone or play man, you can you just you do both. It just right. depends on what play is called. And so what's up with this whole man specialist and zone special? No. Can can you do you play cornerback? Yes. Okay. Well, this play you're matched up against this receiver. Oh, the next play you're going to be in the zone. Okay, and you just do both. You do, do both. right? It's, it's, it's yeah. Sometimes we're too smart for our own good, man. As as, as a society and as football fans, right? You know, um, we we we. This is going to be an interesting season. This is this has to be make a break year for Ron Rivera. I mean, he's had three so the first year, and you know, let me be blunt. You know, first year he has something more serious in football on his mind, like his life. You know, I'm giving a total pass for the first season, right? Total pass. The second year, I have some questions. Okay, you know, you're healthy, you're back, you're you're you know, fair game <laughs> now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the third year, this is all you. You can't blame what you came here with. You can't you can't blame the weather. You can't blame the stadium deal. You can't blame the improprieties of the owner. This is all you. 
Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and don't and don't get mad if you criticize. Because that's right. what we do. We're fans. That's yeah. that's yeah. our part of this, right? You know? Well, remember that first year, there were things that we had pointed out that alarmed us on this show. You know, when you're in a press conference and you lose a game and it's in your grasp and you say, well, there are other things we were thinking about towards the end of this game other than winning. Other it's than like, winning. wait, what? Like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, that, so that sticks with people. That stuck yeah. with me. And so that that's where my questions came. And I haven't seen anything to that will make me think that 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 winning is now the top priority of the staff. I haven't seen anything that will make me think that other than the fact that they come out, you know, and play every week and they're happy when they win. But he said it himself. There are times where winning is just not the top priority. It's like, well, why are we playing the game then? You know, but anyway. It's my priority, Ron. It's my priority. Right. Yes, it's my priority here. And our top priority on the Federal Football Report is bringing you all this information uh, and, 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 and opinions and stuff, uh, uh, you know, information you can use. And, and none of this, you know, fluff stuff and all the yelling and screaming that happens on sports radio, all the little catchy stuff that people do now because Stephen A. Smith is popular. We don't do that here. No, we're yeah. just talking about the game and what we do. Consistency. That's right. Consistency. That's what we do. And we'll be back. We'll get Rodney on and we'll talk some more NFL uh, coming up on the Federal Football Report. And we'll catch everybody soon. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today.